know it's been really rough in a while at the moment but I'm glad that General Motors has just announced their I'm glad that General Motors has just announced their new management board have you seen the news um no I don't look at that kind of news unfortunately uh, well you will be pleased to see that it's a management board with lots of experience um, right they, they worldwide um, they've had a lot of impact over in the past few sort of years um, I believe they're a company that was founded in the 1960s and have gone on to continue to have quite a presence and now they're part of the General Motors uh, management board and recently they put out a little promo just to advertise their acquisition or should I say takeover of General Motors ladies and gentlemen our takeover of General Motors is complete Dr. Abel GM's Ultium platform will power our whole operation now we can reduce tailpipe emissions oh please cheer for my son okay his son I uh, shall name him it's Mike Myers doing Dr. Evil no his name take is over Mike. the world <laughs> Do you know what? To be fair, I think if anybody is going to take over a multinational conglomeration, you know, I think he would be, you know, the 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 person to do it. Well, you know, it, I'm glad that it just that uh, he come on board and he brought his management team with him. And he's um it's secret hollowed out underground volcano lair. Yeah. And the thing that you have to remember is that it's a family-run business, so they really care. Of of course, of course. I mean, mm. it goes without saying. Yep, that's right, folks. We're actually talking about the Doctor Evil spoof, where he's uh, as part of the launch of a new electric vehicle. General Motors brought on Mike Myers, as a lot of the original cast from the Austin Powers movies, to essentially do a sixty seconds skit. One hundred million dollars. Dun 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 dun. dun. And on, on that note, welcome to Side Order. That extra little bit of seconds you always crave. I am Matt, and of course, with me is Dave. Say some words, Dave. Make it, make them insightful and meaningful. God, I just feel like I'm in so much pressure. Um, I got it. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yakety yak. Don't go back. Damn straight. <laughs> how you doing then, Matt? It's been a little while since we last spoke on, on the podcast. How you doing? How, uh, how's things? Uh, I'm just about still functioning. Life has been very, very demanding of late. Um, which has contributed to, to a lot of the things I'll, I'll discuss this time around. But no, otherwise I'm keeping my head above the water, as it were, enjoying the sporadic snow slash bright hot summer that we're having at the moment. Because you know, nothing Global like warming. having nothing like having two <laughs> extremes within days of each other. It's true. Global warming. It's not a thing. <laughs> well, depends what country you reside in and whether or not you have an education system, doesn't it? Oh, sick burn. Sick yeah. burn. <laughs> slip the jab, slip the jab. Come on, work the body. Um, what about <laughs> what about yourself? What have you been up to? Um, I've been I've been trying to stay alive basically in this absolute hellscape 
that is known as the UK currently. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, not too bad, you know, all things considered. Just trying to, like you said, trying to keep head above water. I have made some time to uh, delve into some video games and some movies. I've started doing a little thing on Twitter as well. I don't know if people realise whenever I've gone to the cinema and I haven't put out like a mini episode, I've been doing like Dave's quick reviews, usually like four or five words. I think I used to do it a couple of years ago, but I thought I'd bring it back for, for the podcast. Your review of X was most amusing. Yes. <laughs> it was indeed. I did one for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well, but we're going to undoubtedly talk about that later so um shall we just dive straight in or is there anything that you want to kind of discuss first before we jump headlong into what we've been doing the past month no no according to the schedule we've done our preamble so let's just crack on right on into it cool okay so let's talk about video games first and i will lead uh the preceding session oh Oh, that's good language for me. Can you tell we're not recording this late at night? Yeah, finally, we're actually recording <laughs> a decent time of day, so actually we can have coherent conversation without hours of just frustration of technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly my side. But anyway, I digress. So you may remember last time on Side Order, I was talking about uh, Code Vein, a.k.a. Dark Souls Anime 69 420 Simulator. Mm. And you were talking about buying the DLC and how you couldn't beat the final boss for six hours. I did not buy the DLC because I did lots of grinding, several hours worth of grinding, not on the Anime Girls though, but on enemies. No, they've got a but, restraining um, order, haven't they? they? They have. I did it, I beat the final boss, I kicked its ass, I got one of the three endings that are in this game I'm not going back again to do the other two endings because getting the one ending was just traumatic enough a couple of years down the line and I've, if I feel like it, yeah, I might do but for now I've, I'm I'm, I'm good <laughs> yeah, we'll just chalk that up as a win and move and move along, that, that sounds fair I did, I moved along straight into, because you very kindly lent me your copy of Guardians of the Galaxy I did indeed. On the PlayStation 4. Aren't I a generous god? You, you are indeed. And I believe yeah. my name, Twitter name review... That, name that movie reference. Oh. Oh, God. Um, that's... Uh, uh, huh. <laughs> no, huh. you've stumped me. Ha. Huh. No. Ha. Huh. No, you've stumped me. I have no idea. Please, please put me out of my misery. That was Xerxes from Zack Snyder's legendary oh, 300. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Jesus Christ. So Jesus you... Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Jesus Christ, it's Xerxes. Yeah. <laughs> that film was just... Anyway, moving on. So I did my little Twitter review on it. Because uh, obviously Matt's not on the Twitters. So I'm going to tell him what my review of it was. Please do. It's all right, isn't it? It's all right. It's all right, isn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. 
I really like the way it's written, the, the, the like the casting as well. It's really, really good. I did not care for the combat. If it wasn't as strongly as written as it was, I wouldn't have finished it at all because the combat is just absolute. Uh, I struggled so much. It's boring. The combat is really boring. Which element of the combat didn't you like? Was it so much that it wasn't a hack and slash or the fact it was almost a real-time strategy style game? Because I can draw a parallel between this game and another game from history, which will make you go, yes, yes. You Are you going to bring up um, Brutal Legends? I am indeed. I, I had a feeling you were. Um, I didn't like the fact that where you play mainly as Star-Lord, it's just mainly shooting and you fly around and shoot. Alright, you can kind of tell your other squad mates to like do do a rocket launcher or Drax rip his head off or uh, Groot do some tree shit. <laughs> That's the technical term for it, by the way. Tree yeah. shit. Um, I didn't... I mean, it kind of made you did did make you feel like a leader but it just felt really uninspired it was really bland I wasn't quite into it If the like I said if the writing wasn't as strong as it was I don't think I would have finished it were you finding it uninspired and bland because you were just doing the same move sets over and over and applying the same strategies to every battle were you trying to mix it up or were you just like I just need to get this done and I should probably oh, it, it inquire, a... actually, what difficulty you played the game on. What did normal? Okay. So, it was just really... I did try and mix it up, but it just feels really, really samey and just really... Alright, you can do the melee attacks and stuff, but they even they just felt really, really sort of boring and bland. I must admit, though... <laughs> I did spend three quarters of the game playing it unpatched due to the fact that just the download patch here, the internet is so slow at A4S HQ, um, it took like days for it to download. And actually having the patch on it, God, it's it's essential when you play this game. Because let me tell you, when you play it unpatched, holy crap. <laughs> oh boy. Half the music files are missing. There's so much slowdown. I mean, I'm playing this on a base PS4. There is so much slowdown. It's very frame rate. The patch just fixed it. Thank God for patches, eh? So, again, you, you had this disc for about a month before you actually put it in your console, and I'm surprised that you didn't just download the patch whilst playing Catgirl Simulator for, for the month. Why you didn't just have that running in the background? I was. The internet here is that bad. <laughs> It, yeah. it took that long. It was you, it was ridiculous. You may need to start paying for the internet. That that might help. You know, dial-up connections. Yes, they are free, but they are rather speed limited. <laughs> yeah, true. But I got through that. And the other observation I had, because again, you don't do the twitters and stuff. Um, the other observation I had was that we were too busy in twenty. The main like population were too busy thirsting over Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8 Village when really we should have all been thirsting after Lady Hellbender again like if if I haven't checked but it wouldn't surprise me 
um, if it wasn't produced by the same studio using very similar actors and actresses and whether any based on the public reception to Lady Dimitrescu whether that may have inspired their casting to any degree um, powerful thighs yeah. so so powerful yeah and yet Jax was just not interested <laughs> poor Drax poor yeah. Drax he was hyping her up and as soon as she hit on him he was like yeah nah nah fam, no, I'm done. good <laughs> I must admit towards towards the end of the game where it kind of it ramps up the more comedic elements where you come face to face with a certain I'm not going to spoil it when you come face to face with a certain legendary legend of legendary powers yes <laughs> that one and Drax goes a bit mad over hyping it um, yeah I was really really getting a kick out of that yeah because yeah, the writing in this is spot on for sure yeah I'm almost curious if gameplay wise if you've just been able to like body swap or jump between your team and plays different characters whether that might have been a bit more added a bit more depth to it rather than solely playing as Star-Lord in combat I don't know if that would have yeah. been improved the experience or not so if I could have swapped into Drax and then essentially I've just got Kratos murdering people or conversely if I then was able to swap to Gamora then I'm playing more as a swordsmith or conversely if I could jump to a rocket and then just be playing like a running gunner um, um, uh, that may may or may not have helped the experience but overall no I really enjoyed the story uh, I quite like yeah. what it was going I like the little elements of multiple choice throughout and certain decisions have little repercussions and ripples later in the game Yeah. Uh, for example earlier on in the game I threw Rocket over a gorge and he was not happy and every time later on in the game where there was a single point where you had to jump or there was anything to traverse he was giving me lip the entire time saying you better not be throwing me again um, so yeah. there were <laughs> things of dialogue like that which I quite which just I... enhanced the experience of it and I very much will be doing another playthrough of that at some point and choosing all of the opposite options just to see how different my adventure will be it, from what I can tell from kind of discussions that we've already had I think it's going to vary a little bit because there was a whole section that you didn't do that I did which for me was just it was magical <laughs> uh, yeah whereas for me I, I essentially shortcutted around that problem but it was also yeah. in a fairly amusing manner um, so yeah, yeah no um, definitely so yeah Guardians of the Galaxy if you haven't played it, give it a play. It's on the Epic Game Store on PC and Xbox Game Pass. Uh, uh, conversely, it's on Game is, Pass. it is also on the PlayStations if you're still with the Sony people. Yeah. Um, and available from Blockbuster near you. <laughs> yeah, alright, Jesus Christ. There was uh, two more bits that I played this month as well, which I'm just going to really quickly go through. I played some uh, Master System because I thought it's been a while. Ah, Love that console. Had, you had a yeah. little had a little retro kick. I did. I did. I I was playing Space Gum. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> awesome. 
you yeah, remember to it's put the controller game. into port 2. I did, yes, because I don't have a light phaser. Yes. <laughs> good, it's good, not good. a good game, but but the music and kind of the way it looks and stuff, it's, it's great. Gameplay-wise, it's fucking terrible. But yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with it. And Master of Darkness as well, I played a little bit, kind of Castlevania-esque, Metroidvania-esque. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Good fun. The other main thing I've been playing this month, though, is I decided mm-hmm. to fire up my Wii. Wii! Wii. And I've been... I've been playing, based off of the announcement, I think it was about two, three months ago during a Nintendo Direct, I've been playing Klonoa. Wahoo! Do, 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 do. For all of the people out there listening with their ear holes, could you explain to them what a Klonoa is and where it can be found? A Klonoa is a cat-type thing? So you haven't uh, quite given up on the old anime then, have you? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's an anthropomorphic cat, but it's not like a sexy anthropomorphic cat. We're just going to let that linger there for a moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I intend to just let that, that statement <laughs> sit. <laughs> it's, it, the only way to describe Klonoa is like a mascot platformer. But it's 2.5D, so you can kind of jump around from the era of, like, Bugsby 3D, Gex, um, Super Mario 64, that kind of era. Um, Early, it was definitely on the PlayStation. I'm playing the Wii version, which is a remake of uh, Dorton Phantomville. Um, I'm I'm digging it. I'm enjoying it because I never really played the uh, the original on the PlayStation. Obviously, I've seen the reviews by lots of people on the internet. It's people like Kadikaris and stuff who who swear by the original. But it's I needed a complete palate cleansed after all these anime cat girls and playing like Guardians of the Galaxy. I just needed something a bit different and just I just need a palate cleanse. Some about quarter of the way through it I think so far mm. hopefully going to get it finished by the end of the month we'll, we'll see what happens though because fuck this game's tough <laughs> the platforming is it's so precise and you don't kill the enemies but you can you, you can kind of grab the enemies and use them to help ex- make you jump higher and reach further distances and Klonoa does this really annoying thing where you land on a platform, you kind of slide a little bit. It's not like a full stop when you land. There's a little bit of drift on it, so you've got to time it right. And yeah, it's it's tough. I'm not gonna lie. I'm enjoying it though, because it is gorgeous. Fair enough. Uh, no further questions from me on that. Good. Good. All right. So, as you might expect myself, I've put another 10 hours into Two Point Hospital this month, so I'm now over the 100-hour mark. Did I read that there's going to be new DLC for that? Uh, yes, new DLC is coming out for it, and a sister game being Two Point Campus. Like University Campus? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Well, 
in terms of where I am in Two Point Hospital, I believe I've now finished the main campaign and I'm now starting all of the DLC uh, levels, to which I think that so far there are six DLC packs, obviously, and with that seventh one having just been announced, so I'm making progress. It takes a little while because, you know, I need to have three stars in every level. Because that is of the course, correct, of course. That is the correct way to play video games. Yes. But yeah, very much still just put putting time into that. But very much like yourself, I had a retro craving this month. And it Ooh. could it could only be satisfied by some Resident Evil. And this time around, I did a replay of Resident Evil Free Nemesis on the PS one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I found that my virtual memory cards on the PS3 had deleted, so I just replayed the game from scratch. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, I pretty much had the Barry Burton ending, so I decided to shoot Nikolai down because he stole my chopper. Stole my chopper! So I shot him down with a rocket launcher because you can't can't be tolerating that shit. It's just rude. Uh, and I had right. good old... Barry Burton, bad Bazza Barry, come pick me up in a chopper at the end with uh, with Carlos. Good. Which was pretty good of him to take time out of his busy schedule being Barry Burton to come rescue me. Uh, I then promptly, promptly replayed the Mercenaries, uh, which is the proper Mercenaries, and all that 3D bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have cleared it with uh, Mick, uh, Mick Kayla once now. Um, saved a few people in it. Died a fuckload, so I've unlocked the infinite assault rifle. And I have this morning tried to play it twice more and died twice in quick succession because I'm rather tired. And I thought, I oh, know, I'll just stand here with my machine gun and see how long it takes to take out Nemesis. Didn't go well. No, I I imagine it not going well. Uh, no, he he just looked and he shook his head and went stars, uh, and then you put fool. a tentacle, then put a tentacle from the head and that that was kind of it. So, uh, yeah, he does that. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I'll possibly play a bit more of that this afternoon if I'm still conscious. Oh, very nice. But other than that, I haven't really put much time into video games this month. I have, however put a little bit of time into some TV shows would you like to would you like to hear more in a bit we'll, uh, we'll you, move you, on to that in a moment you, you didn't want to you didn't want to comply with the meme no would you no. like to know because, more I'm because doing my part I do no. I do want I do want to know more my desire to know more is increasing however because we are currently talking video games I, I want to I want you to take a look at this for me. Okay. And see what you make of it. Because, again, I go to some weird, strange corners of the internet and I find some weird stuff. This, however... Crisis Evil 2. Yes. So I want you to watch the video. This is a fully downloadable fan game that you can download so if you just want to take a look at the video and if you can describe it as best as you can to the listeners 
I am watching a 2D side scrolling beat em up with, in the style of uh, Street Fighter or an SNK game with the sprite of Leon S. Kennedy punching and kicking his way through a horde of zombies with the epic opening Raccoon City Streets theme playing in the background. <laughs> Good, right? Yeah, um is it is it a full game? Is it playable? Does it have uh two player support? When are we doing it? <laughs> I believe on that website I've sent you, it is on there to download and it is fully playable. Okay. I but I saw it mark that. I saw it and I was like I know somebody that will enjoy that and especially it's Resident Evil it reminds me a lot of classic Sega and you know we were both Sega kids uh, I thought yeah you, someone will get a kick out of that <laughs> and it would be me doing the kicking kicking the zombies in the face yes yes well it makes yes. sense doesn't it yes well sort however of. I have I, I have decided that I desire to know more about your TV shows now. Ah, after that brief, good. after that brief uh, hiatus, though, your desire did sufficiently intensify during that little commercial break. It did, yes, yes, it did. Good, yes. good. Um, and again, people, if you don't get the reference, what fucking rocket have you been living under? <laughs> you know, was it a giant space rock surrounded by some bugs? Did you need some troopers from a starship, maybe, to assist you with you know, that just, problem? I can just spell it out. Why don't you, Jesus? You know, I think even that might be too vague for some people. I really do. Um, Paul like, Verhoeven, Starship Troopers. Yeah, like one of the best documentaries ever made. <laughs> fair, fair. So. I watched a little bit of TV this month, not not a huge amount, but I essentially, after your recommendation that you've put to me many, many a time, I watched the first season of DC's animated Harley Quinn TV cartoon show thing. Yes, 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 yes. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to I, me. What do you think? I don't know if I liked it or not. That's not I, the response I wanted. I watched all of it, and I think what it was at the end of the, each episode where she goes woof, that made me watch the next episode because it was just saying <laughs> about how enthusiastic that was. Yeah, it just made me watch the next episode. Yeah, no, so I'd agree. I, I like the depiction of Bane, but they overplayed the joke too much. Um, he just likes explosions. Yeah. Um, what, who was it? It was like Gary. You have. You have. Um, made my coffee wrong for the last time I will be your reckoning and he goes to blow up the Starbucks or something doesn't he um, yeah. yeah and everyone's like oh I don't want to be on Bane's crew he's always this is your reckoning that is your reckoning um, yeah so some of the humour was okay like I didn't I pretty much didn't like anything to do with um uh, Cyborg, uh, what was he called? Sybil Cyborgman, 
the 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 guy uh, who they were renting from the oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Cy Borgsman as in his name That's is Cy one. And when you say his full name, it's Cy Borgsman. Yes, Mr. that's the Borgsman. one. Borgsman. I was like, oh dear, really? I know it's from a comic, but even then I was a bit like, oh no. Um, Yeah, and to be honest, I probably the, the other bit I found really funny was when, um, I can't remember the character's name, but we called Wonder Woman a cunt and got cancelled. <laughs> and I just thought... Oh, is, um... Yeah the doctor yeah the psychic yeah. yes Do- doctor <laughs> doctor psycho or something on it yes that's the one or yes, mr yes, psycho yes. i was just like yeah yeah he's, they're battling <laughs> and destroying a sitting uh city but he calls her a cunt and then gets cancelled for being a woman <laughs> hater and i'm just like yeah that's a sign of the times and he has doesn't he try to go on like a talk show to like go no that's no no one. i do like women Here's my wife, who just happens to be uh, giant giantess, giant Torella or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then she dumps him live on the air, so he calls her a cunt <laughs> as well. I'm just like, <laughs> the, the thing is, I, I imagine to an American audience, you probably like found it. Probably, yeah, it was funny, but in Britain, cunt is like one of the strongest swear words you'd use, and it still to this day offends a lot of people. So when I heard that, I laughed my ass off, saying rotten because I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's that's brilliant, that is brilliant. Um, it's fun. It's a funny show. You've got to be in the right mood for it because it's, it's a I, bit I, twisted. But yeah, yeah I really I, enjoy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched it, it. I watched it all in one sitting. Just just let it flow sure. sort of thing yeah and like I say there were bits I was like there were bits I, w- I wasn't too keen on um, uh, didn't like Wanda Sykes character the, the fairy tale queen yeah. person yeah. I, again I don't know if it was the character I don't, I don't know if it's that actually that they'd hired Wanda Sykes to do the voice and I have no ill will against Wanda Sykes but she was just Wanda Sykes didn't seem to be you, you know it's hiring a name to, to voice a character rather than hiring someone to do a voice or do a character it's like see I, I sometimes I argue, have that issue because you could argue that with uh, I don't think her name is you could argue that with Kaylee Cuoco yeah Kaylee Cuoco she's not Kaylee Cuoco Sweeten anymore because she got divorced Kaylee Cuoco uh voicing Harley Quinn because when that was announced I was like nah. she didn't even do a voice though I was like nah, really it's, I can't see it but the more I watched it the more I kind of got into it I was like okay yeah kind yeah, of got uh, the attitude there and kind of does their own thing with it obviously she's not going to be as good as someone like Arling Sorkin who, the originator of the well, voice and that even, even Tara Strong I think um, her counterpart from Big Bang Theory, uh, Melissa, Melissa, I can't remember her surname now. She voiced Harley Quinn in the terrible Harley Quinn versus Batman anime movie. Obviously, oh, don't watch she? that because it's fucking awful. But she does affect a more typical Harley Quinn accent. Um, oh, I didn't know she so, did that. Um, Melissa, Melissa Raunch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So she she affected the accent she she embodied the character better for me whereas best son in the world um kaylee cuckoo cuckoo whatever her name is was just kind of using her voice and again i quite liked 
conversely though with Poison Ivy her voice by Lake Bell uh, but they also yes. look to style her facial features on Lake Bell as well they kind of yeah. look similar uh, I was like so it was a bit odd so some things I really liked and some of my criticisms at it also I quite liked in reverse when it was other characters or people so it's just really odd I don't quite know why that's how I viewed it I do know that I'll probably watch season 2 and I'll binge that in a sitting as well um, but yeah just a really sort of odd thing um, it's, a, it's a really really strange show it's kind of it's own pocket in one corner but it's it has it's fans to be fair they are doing a series 3 because they keep teasing it and it's coming oh lord it's coming so yeah not not too worried but yeah so I watched that so I watched that yeah. and, then, and then I watched a show that dropped on Netflix which I thought was actually recommended to me and I was kind of the impression oh the concept of this is great but it sounds familiar so on Netflix I watched the entire series of a show called Murderville and right. the, the premise of that is that it has I forget the actor's name now who voiced Lego Batman Will Arnett and he plays a hardened cop in this show and essentially every episode he has a celebrity guest and they appear as like his new detective and they go solve a murder case and it's scripted scenarios but the guest doesn't know the script so they just have to ad lib and go along with it and they go and interview people and they have to work out who who committed this crime or who the murderer was so on and so forth and I'm like okay I can work with that like the first episode had uh, late night talk show host Conan uh, yeah, as the Conan guest Brown. and he you know so he did some ad libbing with um, Will Arnett there's quite a funny scene where they're eating tacos or something and Will Arnett keeps pouring super hot sauce on Conan's burrito thing or taco uh, and they're both like coughing and spluttering and crying trying to like ad lib and carry on this scene where they're meant to be interviewing the uh, uh, waitress but in fact they're just like keep pouring more hot sauces on each other's meal um, sort of thing and uh, and the idea is that they'll interview multiple suspects and then they'll come back and deduce who a murderer is you know sometimes they'll they'll have them dress up and go undercover and Will Arnett will go okay you're going undercover you're going to play a character called this here's your motivations go do this and that and you like the premise of it for like a 40 minute show sounds solid it should be pretty funny it was not I watched, I think there were six episodes, and um, I'll, I thought, I'll give it a chance, you know, maybe it depends on who the guest is and their ad-lib abilities and how much they're brought into the concept. Because if you get someone good on that's either really good at ad-libbing or they just buy into the concept and go, yeah, I'm your deputy, I'm going to help you solve this murder, could be quite good. Um, mm. Some of the guests did not, and you're like, you've just done this for a paycheck. But they did have mm. on... Sharon Stone as a guest oh bloody hell and she actually just went fuck it I'm here to do this show I'm going to double down on this so like they're doing all this stupid ad lib and stuff and they're actually um, trying to solve a murder of um, somebody in a hospital so like a, me a medical negligence case so like they've gone in undercover as doctors 
and now having to perform an autopsy on this body and there's like blood spraying everywhere and the whole time she's talking to like the lead mortician going to him so yeah where were you in such a such a time and uh you know yeah no don't worry about all that blood and that and um you know did you know so and so a person you know and it was actually trying to solve the case and that uh, and what they tend to do at the end of the episode is that the uh, chief of police busts in and then challenges them why have you arrested this person and tells them either why they're correct or why they're wrong and what clues they should have seen and yeah it missed a lot but the thing was the whole time I'm watching this show and it's called Murderville it's on UK Netflix and American Netflix and going fuck that sounds familiar why does that sound so familiar and then my brain went ding 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 there was a show on BBC Three about 10 years back called Murder in Successville and would you like to guess what the concept and plot of that show was is it identical it was identical so this show that I've just watched on American Netflix is actually essentially the American port or version of this British show from BBC Three um, oh. so I have actually started watching the original BBC Three show and you know what right. it is so much better <laughs> I, like the first season I didn't know who any of the celebrity guests were I can only assume they've either been on cooking things in hotels in a jungle or dancing on some sort of slippery surface um, <clears throat> didn't, didn't have any clue who they were but like the lead detective was just really good of ad lib and encouraging and working these people into these sort of scenarios and um but all of the characters in the show are british celebrities so the chief of police is called gordon ramsay and right. the, and it is this guy doing an impersonation of gordon ramsay so he'd walk into him and go oh you fucking cunt what the fuck is this and i go i got fucking murder for you solve you dozy prat like and sort of go about it like that and then they'll go round and they'll be like oh um we need to go interview um oh so they'll be like oh we need to go interview claudia winkleman and i'll go go to such a such a place and it's all the sets are quite good and then there'll be someone there an impersonator doing an impersonation of claudia winkleman and they'd interview her in the style of this trying to work out what's going on and it was actually really really good and i've watched couple seasons of that because they're only like six episode things half hour a pop and they're really really funny sounds similar to what they've done recently on UK Channel 4 there was that show wasn't there they brought in a load of true crime enthusiasts uh, to okay, an island yeah. and then and they murdered they got, them there was a load of no there was a load of actors obviously there was a there was a like a murder on this island they brought in a load of actors it was written by like a really famous crime author i want to say ian rankin i mm. don't know why but he wrote like this whole murder scenario and these true crime enthusiasts have to kind of solve this murder on this island i don't know if it was any good or not but it just made me think of that <laughs> As a, as a more recent example so another one of the more more popular ones uh, skits and that is they had like Bob Geldof and Andy Murray as like this mortician and examiner and you've got like <laughs> them both doing impressions and that and it's quite quite funny because like a lot of the joke is they'll walk in and you've got the celebrity guest with like the lead 
cop guy and I go oh yep so this is Bob Geldof and Andy Murray and you look at them and go oh they're dressed up quite like them and you normally get the guests start corpsing because they're just like the fuck is going on here because um, they genuinely don't know anything that's happening before they just sign up for this thing but yeah it's really it's really good well worth, uh, right. well worth a watch quite funny. Yeah. Tell who's quite amusing actually yeah so the other thing I watched started watching and I did mention this to you so I started watching Moon Knight the new Marvel Marveling yes. show on marvel.com yeah. slash Disney World Disney owns your soul yeah um, I don't know if I like it and and it's an odd yeah. thing to say because production value is really high cast is really good sets are really good and I'm watching it going fuck on board this is just a bit bit rubbish isn't it and but it's really odd to say that about saying it's got like lots of money thrown at it which is quite peculiar because normally when something's got lots of money at it it's going to be pretty good and it's normally the lower budget stuff you go yeah this is just a bit bit naff isn't it but I'm watching it I've watched a couple episodes now uh, time of recording episode 3 has just dropped and I have not watched that yet um, and I'm sort of viewing it and going well I know nothing about these characters so really this should be wowing me because I know nothing so I have no expectations and so far having gone in with no expectations I'm like a 2 out of 10 on the enjoyment factor scale wow like, that's um yeah so is this the first TV series that's really underwhelmed you then in that case yeah. from Marvel yeah um like Hawkeye was a bit blah but at least it had something going for it which had was that cameo which was spoilers Kingpin curb stomping um Hayley <laughs> Seinfeld or whatever she's called Seinfeld no what's the surname Steinfeld Steinfeld Stein Steinfeld I believe so yeah I believe so Steinfeld yeah. Stein Steinfeld Stein yeah. what Steinwald <laughs> just give up yeah just just stop yeah get some help uh, yeah whatever well again because people know who she is and I just went, I don't fucking know who this is was she in High School Musical or something that's my that's my point of reference for Disney people I think she was a Disney kid at some point yeah more than likely yeah okay so whatever um but at least that, that carried my interest long enough that this I'm watching it going I just don't get it and arguably maybe a factor in this is that so far it has no association with any other Marvel properties which really should be a benefit okay. for it but I'm watching it so far and I've gone I don't get it I just that's interesting I just don't get it I, there's not too much more I can say without like big spoilers but I'm watching Oscar Isaac's performance and my god I hate the Dick Van Dyke school of British accents <laughs> that that has not helped no I can't I can't imagine it being any help to but, anybody ever to be honest but then he's doing Does he at that least... and there's other cast members because a lot of it's set in the UK and he's talking to them and I'm like well they're not doing a Dick Van Dyke accent why are, why are you and why has no one called you out on it? Uh, it's just Oscar fucking Isaacs. <laughs> no, I mean in universe. Why have none of these other British people in this world gone to whatever the fuck his character's called? 
because I haven't even taken that information in, I'm not engaged with it, going to him going, why the fuck are you talking like Dick Van Dyke, mate? Yeah, I... So, so my next obvious question, but may not be obvious, it's obvious to me, has he redeemed himself for X-Men Apocalypse yet? Well, he, he's not painting himself purple yet. Right, good, good. So, that's good. a start. Um, good, good. You know what? If that's a plot twist in this, I, I that they might save it. <laughs> if he suddenly starts going, I am inevitable and I am indestructible, and starts growing really big, and then like trash and stuff, and then a Wolverine appears out of nowhere, and he just pummels him. We 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 could be onto a winner, but at the moment, no. That's a shame because that's a show that I do want to see. I am quite intrigued by it. But again, I'm I'm two episodes out of what I assume is eight, which I think is I a think typical run length. Well, fuck if it's out of six, they really need to get a hurry on, because I, I at the moment I'm just it's bored, tedious. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be eight episodes, so I've just had two hours of setup, and then everything else is going to be awesome. But if I'm two two hours out of six, really, I should have been a lot further along. Again, just my perspective, and again, it's like it's all to do with Egypt stuff, and I'm like, I like that shit. Like we watched the Mummy recently, and I'm like, that's great. That that's my touch point for Egyptian mythology, by the way. <laughs> the pinnacle of of Egyptian yeah. mythology is Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, it's it's really a bit really disappointed by it. I don't. There's not much more I can say on it. Um, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Could be, to my mind, the first misstep of Marvel on its TV front. Well, we'll see, because that Miss Marvel show is coming out soon. And I really, really want to like Miss Marvel. I yeah. really, really do. But with the change in the potential origin and stuff, I'm hoping they can pull it back. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it time. I've got every faith in Feige. I've got every faith in Feige. So we'll see. Yeah, as long as she's not doing a Dick Van Dyke accent, she's off to it. She'll be off to a better start. <laughs> no, well. There we are. So, did you there watch you any TV shows at all, or, or have you just stuck to theatrical releases? Um, I've done a bit of everything this month. I've done a bit of this, a bit of that, and a bit of the other. And that's okay. And that's so, all right. Leading on from TV shows, I finally got round to watching the end of Masters of the Universe Revelations, part two. And was it emotional for you? No. C can I ask what you thought of full-on Roid Rage He-Man? I didn't care for it. I laughed once. I was yeah. like, this is stupid. I was like, okay. And I dare was was your laugh at the inappropriate joke of um is he I'd like actually, to fist him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm like, I'd like I'm to like, fist him. I'm like, oh, come dear. on now, Kevin Smith, come on now. Um <laughs> uh, You knew full well we were going to go there. <laughs> overall I still think the first half is stronger than the second half. 
the second half feels like what fans wanted to start with but it's not what I wanted Mm. I was really taken in in the first part with kind of the character developments and the kind of the character story arcs and seeing you know seeing them progress that way the second half was lots of smashy smashy fighty fighty it's do you know ironically since we were just talking about Marvel it suffered from final act Marvel big fights yeah can't tell what's going on it was it was a bit disappointing I mean kind of the if they do another part I will probably watch it yeah because I'm intrigued to see where it goes especially with the slight cliffhanger they've kind of left you on but I don't know if it would be as good as that first half because that first half I really really enjoyed as much as the internet bit as much as the internet bitched about that first half I thought the first half was really really strong set it up really well gives you an excellent cliffhanger and then kind of you get to the second half you're like well this is just all fighting now it's really boring and then you're sidelining like you're sidelining Teela again and her friend which I can't remember the name of because you're now going to focus on Prince Adam because you know he's come back and it's like uh, I'm not really interested in that you know story wise it was a really big misstep to have Evil Lynn just undo all of her character development to go no actually I will be the big bad guy yeah you'd made so much progress and then you just went yeah nah uh, yeah, so I'd share your sentiments. So the the question I'm going to put to you now. Yeah. If they'd released this all as one block of episodes, would we have had as much hate on the internet as what we did when part one released? That's you, a really good question. Do you reckon That's the hate really would have remained, question. or would it have been tempered somewhat? Uh, I want you to write and explain this. Um, I want you to uh, use at least 500 words and you have an hour and a half. Go. <laughs> Show you're working. There may be extra points. Um, and if you don't want to remember to put a line through it. Right. Part of me thinks that, yes, you still would have got that. That absolute hatred because a lot of them would have seen the first few episodes and gone fuck this woke piece SJW bullshit or whatever you know I don't agree obviously but they wouldn't have seen it through to the end because it's not what they would have wanted Uh, I think it you still would have got the hate but it wouldn't have been as much because you still would have got all the fan service bullshit towards the end of the series but that initial kind of first half would have still pissed people off and they are wrong but then again we are living in an age where I've seen online today that they're doing a new uh, documentary sort of like Walking with Dinosaurs and one of the greatest headlines I think I've ever read was that apparently they're doing woke dinosaurs now and I was like what the fuck does that even mean so this is I don't want to sidestep around the issue. I, I, again, I liked the first part of He-Man. I liked what they did. Um, my problem with wokeness is I think 
it's a very loud minority going over the top and speaking on behalf of people who actually don't share that sentiment and on in conjunction with that mainstream media is picking up on this very loud minority within these communities and then broadcasting it is going everybody says this and everybody has this opinion which is then inflaming all of the alt-right super fascists and actually you'll mm. find in reality if you actually talk with anybody a lot of people are somewhere in the middle and actually are quite well tempered and have a well-rounded view of the topics at hand unfortunately the internet does kind of tend to bring out one side or the other it gives voice it gives voices to those it's great because like i say it gives voices to those who may not have had them before but when you get the minority who just hate on everything they are going to be the loudest because they've now got a avenue to do so that's like with the review bombings of uh, going back to last year or the year before, like when they review bombed this series, when they review bombed like The Last of Us Part Two because they didn't like having a strong well, female uh, character. Uh, again, you know? I, I think that there's a lot of fake news on the internet, and it doesn't take much fake for an news. article going. Uh, it doesn't take much for uh, an article to go. Woke people have said this. And then everybody goes, well, that's just outrageous. And then if you were to talk to those communities, they go, no, we didn't say that. That's just some media outlet making this up to try and get clicks. So I think yeah. there's a lot of nonsense on both sides. So it's not just uh, one side saying things and another side hating. I think there's a bit of both on both sides. And I reckon it's probably one or two people on both sides um, just making it horrible for everyone. And I also kind of go, this is the problem with the internet. Back in the day, before the internet, if you said something to someone and it was rude and disrespectful, you'd have your face punched in. <laughs> and now over the internet, you don't have that. So people just say all sorts of nonsense, even if they don't believe it. Firstly, because they can't see the impact it has, because... Uh, with that you've got a low emotional intelligence because you can't see the impact of your words but also things that you may not have said before you're now saying because you have a sanimity and you'd never say them in person because yep. you know you'd get your ass kicked so I think yep. maybe we need to bring back <laughs> mandatory ass kickings bit like um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back yeah yeah, yeah. When they when they fly around to the houses at the end of the film, go. So, are you uh, Noob Slayer sixty nine or whatever? Yeah. Did you say on such a such a date on movies dot com that Jane Silent Bob can suck on my balls? This is the worst film ever. And he goes, Yeah. And then they just proceed to beat the shit out of this twelve year old kid on his doorstep. And I'm like, You know what? I'm for that. Fuck Jay and Silent Bob. Fuck them in their stupid ass. Yeah. <laughs> and and who was the voice of reason in that film? Ben Affleck. Explaining very kind explaining very kindly to the gentleman what the internet was and what you use it for. It's true. It is yeah. true. Yeah. It's very, very true. Moving on from that though. Hmm. We watched we watched the Batman last month in cinemas. Uh there is a review up on the podcast feed if you haven't listened to it go listen to it but kind of moving on 
from that, I sat there the other night, a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I want to watch Batman, but I want to see, but I want to see more Riddler. I was like, well, we had a film with the Riddler in. You did what I did, then, didn't you? I had a very yeah, similar I, set of feelings yeah. and sensations <laughs> where I went, wouldn't it be great if, if the Riddler was just a little bit more over the top and just a little bit more... Jim um, Carrey? Zany. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I also did what you did. I think I may you even have done it... Forever. I may even have done it before you. I watched Batman Forever. Yep, as did I. <laughs> um... Uh, I really um, enjoyed the bits that I enjoyed. And again, there is a good film in there somewhere. It just needed all of the Two-Face stuff removing. So I sat there thinking, I don't think it's going to hold up. I don't think it's going to hold up. But you know what? Actually, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I don't have the notes at hand, but I sent you a list of scenes that they had re-sequenced in the theatrical release. Yes, you did. And yeah, if you were to, to, to view those that film in the correct sequence... It makes a lot more sense because the first time you see Nicole Kidman, she's in her nightgown and basically hitting on Batman straight away. That scene in the original cut of the film was a lot later in the film after they've met and interacted a couple times. Additionally, the film didn't start the bank heist. That there were scenes before that of set up that that was again a wee a slightly a wee way into the film. Again, I'm like. That studio really, really just bodged this film up. Um, but we would agree that Alfred, even when he's been knocked unconscious, doing his tray slide so that doors can be opened <laughs> without knocking his pot tea over, just um, superb. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't even realise that until you, you said about it. You said, when, when you get to the Halloween trick-or-treat scene, just watch what happens when Alfred falls over. And I was kind of watching intently. I was like, here we go, here we go. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? I was like, that's sneaky fucky. You sneaky little Michael Goff. <laughs> you moved that tray so they could open the door and they didn't have to retake. You sneaky fuck. Yeah, so for, <laughs> for everybody listening, essentially, um, there's a knock at the front door and it's the Redler and Two-Face because they knock on the front door and pretend to be trick-or-treaters and Alfred just opens the door. They punch him in the face and knock him down. And then in the film, they open a door to a cupboard, which is next to the front door for reasons, and they drag him in. If you watch this sequence back, you will see him get punched in the face and knocked down, and he was holding like a tray at the time, and it fell right in front of a door, so it would have blocked the door, so they wouldn't have been able to open it and, and drag him into it. So as he's falling, you see this tray land in front of the door, and he just puts his arm out and slides it across ever so quickly <laughs> to keep the, the door to the cupboard clear, and you're just like, wow. It's fantastic. That's benefit fantastic. of watching watching an old nineties film in HD, because I have been on and watched a few more things. But this interval, I'd like to give you the opportunity to speak. Yes, yes. Um, there isn't really a lot else I watched to be honest. A lot of the stuff I've watched this month, has, I've either talked about on on a on a Grand Day Out episode. So I watched Morbius. It's fine. It's not a good film. Listen to the side order if not. Listen to the Grand Day Out if you want to know more about that. I saw Sonic Two. It's fine. <laughs> Again, I talk about that on on the Grand Day Out. Go find that. 
Uh, I watched X at the cinema. Absolutely fantastic. I loved that film so much. Considering the first time I saw the first trailer for it, I was like, I'm getting big Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes from this. Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. And then I went in and I saw it. I was like, it's not Texas Chainsaw. It's actually much better. <laughs> it's really, really good. I don't want to spoil it. But it's so good. And the fact that uh, Ty West, the director, he's already filmed a sequel to the film. He did it in secret. Yeah, he did it in secret. He wrote this. He wrote X during uh, a lockdown. And then he was like, I'm going to film it. And then he was kind of like, well, we're only, we're like the only people like making films at the minute. So we just make another one. And A24 being the kind of studio that they are, they went, yeah, go nuts. So yeah, he's got another, he's got a sequel slash prequel coming out to that film soon. And I'm really, really looking forward to that because this X is so, so good. Strong performances all around and it's creepy, it's horrible, it's... What was my review? It was something like uh, blood, gore, porn and old women, I think it was. <laughs> it's good, it's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I think you said blood, gore and sex, would watch again. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. So I watched that at the cinema very very good you can kind of tell Ty West is into the whole 70s 80s uh, genre of like horror and stuff because it's really really influenced by it like I said I got big Texas Chainsaw Massacre do you know what if he did a new if he did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film I would be fine with it I was just about to ask honestly do you reckon he'll get tapped up to do a reboot of a franchise perhaps I don't know if he'd do it because he's quite set in doing kind of his low budget horror things, but I could see him doing a low budget kind of uh, Texas Chainsaw inspired type film but I can't see him wanting to take on a franchise to be honest so I saw that, uh, I'll tell you what I did watch because we were flicking through uh, the media centre we've got here hmm. and uh, Dark Phoenix was on there uh, I was yeah. like, I haven't seen Dark Phoenix Yeah, so I watched Dark Phoenix I've now seen Dark Phoenix and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's terrible. I was irked within the first three minutes. So that's a record for a film to really piss me off. Oh, and I'll tell you the other thing I did start to watch. I started to watch Alien Covenant because it was on TV the other night. I got 20 minutes in. I was fucked off and I turned it off. I still have not watched that either. <laughs> Like I say, I watched the first 20 minutes of Alien Covenant and it annoyed me that much, I had to switch it off. Well, that's a very useful segue into what I watched next. So, on the terms of being fucked off, I watched a fan edit of The Last Jedi and a fan edit of Rise of Skywalker. Now, I lumped both of those films together because, based on all the problems with them, you either really like one and hate the other or vice versa or you hate both in which case you're probably not overly worried But so I watched <laughs> um, a fan edit by the same fan editor of both of these because I was curious 
what they had done to try and make these two films consistent. Uh, and I actually quite enjoyed what they had done in terms of trying to improve these films. So I'm, I'm going to consider those as the canon now. Um, so for okay. a record, yeah. Last Jedi, I quite liked. Wasn't keen on the casino scene, but I did like that what they were trying to do with the story is to go... Not everybody has to be related to the two fucking families in this whole story. You can have other people here who are force sensitive. We don't always have to follow the same people. Let's let's do some things with it. I didn't quite like the whole Battlestar Galactica. Um, let's have a giant slow motion space chase um, whilst we run out of fuel and that. However, I did like it when she just went. She did a diehard. Laura Dern did a diehard. Wait, she's out of bullets. She just used her spaceship as a gun. <laughs> so, I was wondering where you were going with that. But you, yeah, you, okay, you, you were, but yeah, yeah that, that's when Justin Long goes to Bruce Willis. Uh, you used a car. You just killed that helicopter with a car, and he's like, I was out of bullets. That's the one. Yeah, that's the I'm, one. Like, I'm like, yes, Bruce. Yes. Um... On a side note, I also watched Die Hard with a Vengeance because uh, upon hearing the the sad news of of Bruce Willis's condition and his retirement from acting, uh, I've decided that I'm going to go back and watch all of his best films. Um, and Die Hard with a Vengeance is one that was long overdue a watch, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. You're not tempted to go back and watch the last kind of three or four years' work of Bruce Willis? No. Really. No. You're not tempted? Not no. even once? No. Not even knowing that he was probably doing it just so he can provide for his family? You know? That's fair enough, that they, fair enough uh, that they paid him to do that. However, I'm not prepared to just watch rubbish. Um, I, I, I've, I, I know you are. <laughs> but the thing is, is that he may have put in a bad performance in those films. There is no excuse for the rest of the cast in them. Touché. <laughs> Touche. On a, on a similar on a similar note as well. Yeah, go on, go on. Tell me more. On a similar note as well, uh, we also had the sad passing of Gilbert Gottfried this week. Yes, we did. And yeah, kind of the last few years of him doing cameo now makes sense, especially when he turned up in that angry video game nerd video. That was fucking yeah. weird. That was very but, weird. Yeah, I, I digress. Yeah, please continue about Die Hard, though. Yeah, just that uh, it's great, isn't it? Go watch it. Um, <laughs> like, just when you thought Die Hard couldn't get any better, let's just add a bit of Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, yes, that's that's what it needed. No, so really enjoyed that rewatch. Um, but I was actually talking about Star Wars, to be honest, and I yeah, went, Star Wars, that's right. Yeah, yes, so yes, Laura yes, Hearn did, yeah. did a Die Hard and killed um a Star Destroyer with her spaceship because she ran out of ammo. Um, so they made some subtle tweaks to the Last Jedi, which were useful in linking it to Rise of Skywalker. So. They still go to the casino planet, but they cut the actual whole element sequence. Um, so it just shows them going there, meeting the collector, because I can't remember his name in Star Wars, but it's the collector from it's um, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, it's Benicio del Toro, um, and then and then it cuts straight next to when they're. 
doing whatever it is they took it back from it's hacking a vault or a security panel or something but they did some interesting subtle tweaks so at the start of the film when Finn wakes up and he's trying to find Ray the reason why Sonny wakes up from cryostasis sleep is that he's actually hearing Ray's voice which again is then at that earlier stage starting to suggest oh perhaps he's a bit force sensitive without it being so ham fisted and throughout the film it doesn't just have it doesn't just involve him running around shouting Ray Ray I have to tell you something Ray it, they cut all of that make it much nicer they they also like streamline a lot of the Luke on the island being a miserable old bastard um, and what they did on the sequence where Luke tried to kill Kylo Ren because you see it from both perspectives when you get the true perspective what they did is when Luke's looking at Kylo as he's drawn his lightsaber he's having almost like a vision and you hear like the Emperor laughing which oh, okay. is why he yeah. ignites his lightsaber in like panic so he's almost having like a vision of the future slash a flashback which is why when Ben then wakes up it all ensues which again that links in nicely that the Emperor's return in the sequel so it kind of what they've tried to do is put so seeds for things that will come so it, it flows more as like a new trilogy um, yeah. you know they trimmed down some of the silliness with General Hux but they still kept the scene where Kylo's telling General Hux to fire on Luke Skywalker going, more, and, and most, more most, more most like importantly that. most yeah. importantly it, it also means that you don't have to play Fortnite yeah, so they reworked the opening crawl of both of these films. So when we then get to Rise of Skywalker, the, the opening crawl says, The Emperor's returned in Fortnite. Um, his voice was heard throughout the galaxy. Nah, doesn't have any of that. What it actually does, um, when the rebels hear about, they, they receive um, like a coded message or... A communication from spies and you know they all gather around to review it it's at that point yeah. it essentially says yeah the emperor is back and it's all implied that it's part of that intelligence brief rather than the emperor broadcasting ah. his voice across the galaxy so again has a story benefit um, they also do the things of again streamlining a lot of the silly dialogue uh, emotives they add voiceovers and stuff in visions um, and a lot of effects. Oh, I forgot to mention the previous film, the stuff with Snoke. Um, yes. When he gets killed off, his body like releases like what looks like a little, like a little blue glow around him, which it, gas. which the men, yeah, gas. gas. It, it makes it look it gas. like. Based gas. on what we've seen, <laughs> shut the fuck gas. up. Gas. I'm gaslighting you with gas. Based on force <laughs> ghosts. And you see this little emission. You see this gaseous emission from him. Gas. Go, Hang on, we've seen that before. <laughs> I'm now curious, and again, that's planting the seed about the emperor there and then at that that element. Um, okay. So so quite useful. So then when we get round to the the new one, they resequenced it a little bit, so that Kaido's not going to this planet to kill the emperor. He's going there based on finding a Sith holocron and apparently there's a source of power there doesn't know what it is he's just going there for it 
and all of the tanks with the clones in have been reworked to look a bit more like Snoke slash the Emperor rather than what they did look like so again to to tie in that they've been trying to revitalize him through various means but really in that film the biggest change they did which was the change that should have happened if Disney wasn't scared of China at the end when Rey is says I am all of the Jedi the Jedi are with me force ghosts behind her we have classic Obi-Wan we have Luke, we have Anakin Skywalker made to look slightly older. So it's Hayden Christian, but they age him up slightly. Also with Yoda, and they actually force ghost them behind Ray. She's putting the two lightsabers together, repulsing the lightning. And they all have their arms up, suggesting that they are using their ghost force powers to reinforce her abilities to repel the Emperor's super lightning which explains the shocked look on his face because he's seeing force ghosts in the background so it all these sort of little subtle tweaks and little enhancements so it's not just cutting stuff they actually added in digital VFX as well and where they go here's Leia's lightsaber they actually made it pink so it stands out more in the end battle to go there's a blue lightsaber and a pink lightsaber like, is that because she's a girl well it was just to go then we don't have two blue lightsabers and we get confused who was lightsabers who in the final battle when they're using the force to uh, transmit them which I still think is a stupid fucking idea but there's only so much cutting and editing you can do it's just to go right so if Luke's lightsabers here right that's been force given to Kylo now the Empress just force snatched that and thrown out down a ravine where's the other lightsaber oh there's the one with the pink beam so that must be over here it just helps it make it a lot fucking more obvious and coherent as to what the fuck's going on in all of those sequences okay plus I believe at one point uh, Carrie Fisher gave an interview and went well if I could ever ever have a lightsaber I'd actually want a pink one so there you are okay it was a real question is yeah did the it improve it is, is will I like it um probably not you're, you're not a big Star Wars boy anyway and again with these edits there's only so much you can do and the way this guy set out to do it was to go this is what we've got what I'm going to try and do is weave The Force Awakens The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker into a coherent trilogy so the themes carry throughout so he actually did an edit of The Force Awakens as well but you only did one okay. only did one tweak to that film you know when they get to Death Star Planet at that point in the film it's already destroyed Coruscant and the New Republic and they're going there to stop it firing for a second time in that edit it hasn't fired and destroyed Coruscant so the whole reason for the rebellion trying to get to Death Star Planet to stop it is to try and save Coruscant it hasn't actually destroyed a planet yet so it's more of a preventative okay. mission rather than a retaliate, retaliation okay. mission. Again, yeah. just as a method to make it ever so slightly different to A New Hope. To make it ever so slightly different to A New Hope. Like, yeah. I, I, based on what they had at hand, they certainly made the, that trilogy a lot more coherent with the themes. And I watched... So they polished the turd. Yeah, I watched The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker essentially back to back and it did flow a lot nicer than what the theatrical releases do. 
Yeah, well, that's because they didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing. But alas, poor Yorick. Yeah. So I watched those, and then I went, God, you know what I need now after all this sci-fi? I need some big fucking guns. So I went and watched The Expendables 2. Jesus Christ. With Jean Villan, who jumps, spin kicks Rambo in the face. Like, what more can I say? Fuck off. That is not the name of Jean-Claude Van, Ca- Van Damme's character in that film. Yeah, he, his name is Jean, and his surname is Villan. So and he's a bad the, guy, isn't he? Fuck's sake. Throughout the film, they refer to him as Villan. Yep, that that's sat there for a moment. It's a glorious this is bloody, film. This is James Cameron Avatar style. Yeah, and it was brilliant. Unobtainium. It, it was it was brilliant. It, it it worked perfectly, and I do think still to this day it's a missed opportunity not to bring him back for another sequel. They call him Claude Villan and have him play his own brother like he's done in like two or three other films. <gasps> the whole idea is to live up to the stupid eighties action movie trope. So I'm like, yeah, double down on it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um. Do it. And let's not forget the great Chuck Norris joke of Chuck Norris telling a Chuck Norris joke. I heard another rumor that you were bitten by a king cobra. Yeah, I was. But after five days of agonizing pain, the cobra died. (sighs) Yeah, and then just to wind off the week of, of all of that murderous action and confused narrative that I had myself I then just went and watched Hot Fuzz fair yeah Hot Fuzz is the best one of the Cornetto trilogy Uh, I I would agree with that but I prefer World's End over Shaun of the Dead I must watch the World's End again at some point I've seen it once and I was a bit underwhelmed originally but I must go back and watch it again like all of those Cornetto films repeat viewings improves them and the thing I really like about World's End is it's the the kung fu fighting element and Ah, as you watch it it, as you watch it throughout the films the drunker they get the better at fighting they get as is (laughs) the way with drunken drunken style kung fu yeah Yeah. which again just kind of works for me but there we are so I've I've watched a really odd combination of movies and TV shows over this month slash six weeks. You have, you have, you've definitely done more than me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like wow, like I don't quite know what more to okay. say. Let's. Do, um, do you have any closing have some... thoughts, or or shall I just push on and say say the magic words? I have something else to show you. And it's not my penis. It is a <laughs> Do you know Phil Tippett? Yeah, god damn it, Phil. You had one job. And that's what was a Jurassic, his job? That's a Jurassic Park reference for everybody. Phil Tippett was the dinosaur supervisor. Yes. So um, And Phil he Tippett. was given that role because originally, I believe, he worked on the stop-motion of the dinosaurs which was not actually used in the film correct Amundo 
Yes, yeah. that was going to be my next thing. See, so trivia, I know it. See, turns out that this is going to lead nicely into this bit of news I found at the end of uh, March. Did you know that he has a new film coming out? Please tell me it's Dino Crisis. No. It is a film that... I will send you the link. It's a film that he's been working on for 30 years. Oh, already that screen image looks disturbing. So it's a film called Mad God. It is completely stop motion, hand animated over the course of about 30 years. There was about a 10, 10, 15 year period where basically everybody wanted him in Hollywood. So he had to stop animating it. Last year, it did the rounds at a lot of uh, horror festivals and such like that. And they've just announced that in June it's going to be going onto US Shudder. I've got no idea if it's going to be streaming in the UK. I really, really hope it is because this film looks horrible and twisted and nasty and naturally, I must see it. Hmm. That's... Yeah. Interesting. What a weird hobby to have. But it's... He's created all the models. He's hand animated it and... I think it was basically during the downtime of the pandemic, because you know, what else are you going to do? He basically went, a group of students found his work that had been done, and they went, you should probably finish that, mate. And he went, all right then. That almost sounded like the premise of a horror film. A group of students found, find, (laughs) (laughs) find some work that's been in progress for 30 years. Yeah, so he was kind of releasing shorts of it online between 2014 and 2018. And, yeah, he's finally got around to finishing it. Uh, Yeah, I'm 100% in. I watched the trailer for it when I was at work the other week, and I got some very, very funny looks. Well, I bet you did. And there's one final, final thing I need to show you very, very quickly. It's a nice light-hearted thing to end on. I don't feel like we've talked about toilets enough this episode. Well, we did a little bit. Yeah, well, I don't feel like we've discussed it enough then. Have you seen the now infamous Lars Ulrich toilet? I'm going to say no. Okay. Well, the most infamous toilet in the world has been acquired by a Danish museum. Take a look at this glorious toilet. Oh, it's quite literally a toilet with <laughs> Lars Ulrich embedded Drama into it some, somehow. Yes. Um, oh, my... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so on that note, it's built by Metallica super fan. They wrote basically this fan was like, "I'm gonna make a toilet, a toilet, and it's gonna be Lars because 
Drummers are normally depicted as sitting. And the quote is fantastic. These these quotes are just brilliant from this article. It goes, the, the guy who's made this toilet has said, I could have made a urinal with James Hetfield, but that's not where the creative spirit was leading me. I think on that note, we're going to wrap up. <laughs> so that's been your side order, everybody. Thank you for listening. Head over onto Twitter at anyone podcast to keep your conversation going. We're also on Facebook. Search. You will find us. Longer considerations and rambles can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a like, rate and review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us say those words. Turlet. Let's Bees. say those. Let's say those other words, please. Bees. The podcast and reach a much larger audience. On this note, this time I have no idea what we're going to leave you with, so this will be a surprise for everybody involved, including myself. Bye bye. Bees. Bees. Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes!